You're listening to The Health Classes You Missed. My name is Monica and I'm a secondary school health teacher with a passion for all things health. Whether you're currently at school or you finished 20 years ago, this podcast will help you understand those topics that may have been skimmed over, considered inappropriate or flat out ignored. So sit up straight, faces forward, let's get into it. Hello everyone, on today's episode we are discussing the importance of physical activity on our mental health. Now, before we start, I just want to say a quick apology. I am feeling a little bit unwell today, so my voice is a little bit funny. Um, I'm just a little bit clogged up, so if you do kind of hear me running out of breath sometimes when I'm speaking, that's the only reason. I don't have coronavirus, I'm fine. Uh, It's just that I think I'm a little bit run down after kind of going back to normal life, so bear with me on that. So this subject of physical activity and our mental health is really, really important to me because I'm someone that uses physical activity as a treatment for my anxiety and my mental health issues. I am also someone who, I guess as a young girl, put a lot of emphasis on what I looked like. And I really used that as a motivation to work out or to exercise rather than, you know, for my overall health or now for my mental health. So that I know is something that can be quite common, especially among young women using physical activity and using mental health to benefit what we kind of look like but not necessarily for what it does internally in our bodies or physically just in general in terms of strength and things like that so you know I know I'm not alone on that and a lot of people focus on the importance of what they look like which of course is okay in some circumstances but if you are finding that that is your only motivation that's definitely not a good thing it should be a bonus at the end of the day. So I'm of course hoping that by listening to this episode, you will find motivation in exercising for not only your physical health or what you look like, but for your mental health too. So to start, what is physical activity or how do we define it? So physical activity is defined as the movement of large muscle groups that require the use of energy. So it's doing anything really that requires your muscles to be working. You have to use your energy. You're exerting energy in some way, shape or form. Now, there are two types of physical activity or that's kind of how it's categorized. There is incidental physical activity. So that's the first one, incidental. And this makes up things like household tasks, active transport, occupational activities, so your work or play and things like that in general. So that's just when, you know, you're vacuuming, maybe you're gardening, maybe you walk to the bus stop. These are things that you just have to do in your everyday life. So that's kind of getting that physical activity in without necessarily meaning to. The second type is structured or planned physical activity. So this is, of course, our exercise, our recreational activity or our organized sport. Uh, And this is, of course, as it is in the name, structured or planned. So you know that you're doing it for the purpose of being active. 
Now for today's episode or the purpose of today's episode, I'm mainly talking about planned or structured activity. However, of course, being active incidentally is also super, super important. So limiting our time being sedentary or sitting down. If you don't know what sedentary means, that is just a kind of lacking movement, being inactive or being seated for a long period of time, which is of course an issue in this day and age. We are, you know, on our devices more than ever. We are sitting down more than ever. So it's really important to make sure that we not only uh, take time in the day to do that structural planned activity, but if we have the option of doing that incidental activity too, we are doing that as well. So this is all about making those kind of conscious decisions to be active or just get up and moving when you can. It, of course, once again, doesn't mean sprinting everywhere. You know, if you have the option to walk somewhere, the option to take the stairs, which we've all heard before you know you could stretch while watching a tv show you can kind of do those general household cleaning tasks or get out and work in the garden something like that these are all ways just to be a little bit more active and get yourself up and about in the day rather than just sitting down on your phone or on your laptop uh, and really being sedentary Now, of course, I know with some people's jobs, it can be really hard to kind of get up and move around, especially if you do have a desk job. Uh, I know there is options of standing desks or just really making sure that you get up and actually take a break. And that could literally just be get up, do a lap around your office, sit back down, just anything that's going to get you up, get you moving, get the energy flowing through your body. That is really, really important. And that's, of course, why I chose to become a PE health teacher because you don't have to sit down for too much in terms of teaching. I know, of course, lots of marking, lots of things like that where you do have to sit and work. However, as a PE teacher, you are kind of up and about a lot more than normal, which is awesome. So finding, I guess, the time to do that in your everyday job is really important as well. It's also good to find an active hobby, which of course comes into this physical activity or that planned activity. That's something just, you know, if you do have a job where you are not that physically active, or even if you've got a job where you are kind of moving around a lot, but you do want to take that time to be active, find something in your spare time that gets you up and about. And that doesn't have to be going to gym. Of course it can be, and that's great. But that could literally just be learning how to juggle or riding a bike or learning a new skill or, you know, practicing a trick on your skateboard. I don't know what it is. I know in lockdown, I decided to to get a skateboard and honestly, it hasn't lasted that long. I think I'm too scared of it. But that's something that got me out of the house and it got me up and about. So even those little things, try and find something new or, you know, if you can or if you do enjoy physical activity normally, then, you know, going to the gym and things like that is, of course, great as well. So when we talk about finding these hobbies, of course, as I've just mentioned, those organized sports, those, you know, active hobbies such as running or swimming or, you know, going for a walk with a friend, those are really, really great options as well. Now, I think most of us would understand that physical activity is, of course, great for us physically. So it can reduce our risk of heart disease or heart attack or, you know, cardiovascular disease. It helps us manage our weight, which can lower the risk of diabetes and cancer. So that's really important. It strengthens our bones and our muscles. And of course, that means it lowers the risk of osteoporosis. Osteoporosis is a condition where our bones become quite thin, quite weak, quite fragile, uh, and it gets worse 
as we get older. And that's when people, you know, in their old age, if they haven't had kind of, of course, there's many other reasons that this could happen, but doing that physical activity and making sure you are moving around a lot, uh, you know, when you get older, a, a kind of minor accident or a, uh, a broken bone can never heal or it can be really, really hard to heal if you do have osteoporosis. So it's important to start now. It doesn't matter what age you are, doing something now, doing that physical activity now, making sure you do prioritize getting up, of course, in that physical way is really, really, really important. So not only can it kind of decrease the risk of these conditions or diseases physically, uh, you kind of age essentially, I guess, slower if you put physical activity as, you know, something that's really, really important. And that's because, of course, you are decreasing the risk of becoming unwell or developing disease. Now, this is something we have learned throughout the pandemic as well, that both our physical and our mental health are equally important. And what is a great way to combat both being physically active, which I'm going to talk about now. So you have probably heard people say it's good for your mental health. Physical activity is good for your mental health. Of course, that is what I'm saying now. And if you follow me on Instagram, you will have heard me say it again and again and again. But why? What actually happens? Before I get into this, there is actually a lot more research that needs to be done, but this is kind of a basic explanation. So when you partake in physical activity or exercise, brain chemicals such as endorphins and serotonin are released. Now, these are our happy hormones. So what do endorphins do? Endorphins relieve stress and pain. So we feel that they're released when we exercise. They are also released when we eat and when we partake in sexual activity. So those are other ways that endorphins are released as well. Serotonin, what does serotonin do? So this is a key hormone that stabilizes our mood, our feelings of well-being, and our happiness. So this also helps with eating, sleeping, and digestion. Therefore, when we exercise or we partake in physical activity, our mood is improved. And these mood improvements are said to be caused by an exercise-induced increase in blood circulation. So this is when our heart beats faster, blood rushes around the body and brain, our body and our heart are loving it. It's generally our mind that tells us that we don't. So that's it. We're taking part in physical activity, our heart's beating, we're getting a little bit puff, maybe you're getting a little bit sweaty. This doesn't have to be super, super vigorous for these uh, brain chemicals to be released. Now, our mood is influenced by an increase in the blood circulation to the brain as well as the HPA axis. So the HPA axis is the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, but just think of it as the HPA axis. I won't talk about it for very long. This is pretty much the only real sciencey part of the episode. So the HPA axis communicates with various parts of the brain, the first one being the limbic system. Now, if you have listened to the cocaine or cannabis episodes, you will know what this is, but the limbic system is responsible for our motivation and our moods. It also communicates with the amygdala, which generates the fear response to stress. And it communicates with the hippocampus, which is responsible for our memory formation. So when we participate in physical activity, there is a positive impact on our mood and motivation. We release stress and it increases our memory function. 
So that's how our dopamine, our serotonin are released. It's how our brain kind of works together with all the different parts to produce that mood improvement and to make us feel good. And that generally happens post-exercise or post-physical activity. So when we're doing physical activity, sometimes it can be really, really hard. It is a real mental game sometimes and we don't feel like it's good or, you know, you're so tired. But I don't know if anyone's ever heard of runner's high. That is something that people talk about, you know, they've gone on a long run and or, you know, they've, they've done some sort of physical activity and afterwards you feel really, really great. And that's because it generally happens post physical activity. So at the time you're, you know, your body's kind of fighting, you're, you're getting through this, this quite hard thing that you're doing, but afterwards you're going to reap the benefits. So it's really, really important to remember that as I know the motivation to exercise or to be physically active can be really, really hard and it can be hard while you're doing it. But remember that you will feel so much better afterwards because it's science. You have no choice. You will feel better afterwards. Unless, of course, you injure yourself. So don't do that. Make sure you're doing it properly. <laughs> so moving on now, we're going to look at how physical activity actually impacts our mental health or particular mental health conditions. So exercise has previously been proven to reduce anxiety and depression. In fact, in a recent study conducted by the Harvard School of Public Health, it was found that running for 15 minutes per day or walking for one hour reduces the risk of mild to moderate depression by 26%. So that is huge. It also showed that maintaining a good exercise schedule can prevent relapses. So this means exercise and physical activity almost acts as an antidepressant medication, but with only good side effects. Now, I also understand that through depression and through these mental illnesses, finding the motivation to partake in physical activity may be one of the hardest things to do at any particular time. So that is why I like to promote the incidental activity to kind of implement that where you can. So again, that's just that walking to work, you know, maybe parking a bit further away and going on a little stroll, maybe, you know, walking to your favorite coffee shop in the morning. Once again, if you don't live near one, you can always park somewhere and then walk a short distance, just making that real effort to put it in the day where you can. So now I'm going to go through the benefits of physical activity on your mental health, kind of just in general. So first up is you sleep better. And of course, a good sleep helps regulate our moods and our patterns of sleep. So it just means that when you sleep better, you are more likely to be able to have some sort of kind of control over your moods. You're going to feel less irritable, things like that. Another benefit of physical activity is sharper memory and thinking. So your endorphins actually help you concentrate and stay mentally sharp. Now, this is, of course, important when you're younger and when you're learning constantly, uh, but is also equally as important when you get older to reduce your risk of developing dementia and things like that. Exercise or physical activity also improves your sense of control, your coping ability, and your self-esteem. So it helps you to achieve goals. People also find that they have a higher sense of self-worth when they exercise regularly, uh, and they can feel better about their appearance as well. Which, of course, remember that that should just be a bonus to physical activity, not the key factor for why we do it. 
In terms of mental health, it can be a distraction from negative thoughts and provides opportunity for new experiences. So of course, physical activity, like we talked about, that plant and structured physical activity, that's generally organized sport, recreational activities, things like that. They give us the opportunity to socialize and therefore get social support. So that's what you get when maybe you're a part of a team, part of a club, you you know go to the gym and you've got friends there. It's a really great, great way to socialize. Physical activity also increases our energy levels. So upping our heart rate a few times a week will just give you more go. It's getting your heart going. It's letting the blood flow around your body. I talked about that before where, you know, it's generally our mind that wants us to stop, not our body. Our body is actually loving it. So if you have that in your head when things are hard, when you are participating in physical activity, maybe that will give you, you know, the motivation to keep going. Another thing, it increases resilience. So it allows you to face challenges in a healthy way instead of turning to alcohol or other drugs or any other kind of negative behavior. So exercise or physical activity can be a great outlet in that way. Something else that's really, really important, especially in this day and age, is it increases our immune system. So we know that from you know experiencing the pandemic for the last few years, Building and increasing our immune system is so important and a really easy way to do that, you know, of course, to eat healthy, but to partake in physical activity as well. And as I just touched on too, getting enough sleep is, of course, super important too. A few more reasons here, it reduces skeletal muscle tension, which helps you feel more relaxed. You know, if you do have a desk job or you have been, you know, I get it when I study and I'm sitting and my shoulders are up and I'm all tense and my neck is tense. When you exercise, it kind of, it's that release. It's that release of energy. Your muscles are, you know, you may be working them, but it is releasing that real uh, built up tension that you may have accumulated throughout the day. Of course, we touched on this as well, but our brain chemicals change. So we release those serotonin, we release those stress hormones, those endorphins. That's really, really good for us. That improves our mood. And it's also, of course, as I touched on earlier, too, improves our physical condition. So this is, uh, you know, reducing the risk of chronic diseases such as heart disease, diabetes, asthma. You know, it can help elderly people feel more independent as well when they are able to kind of get up and move because of that physical activity and because they have kind of strengthened their body in that way. And that, of course, in turn can improve your mental health. We're halfway through the episode and that means that it's time for a brain break. Take 30 seconds now to reset, recharge and breathe. Okay, let's get back into it. So now I'm just going to talk about how physical activity can help specific mental health conditions. So of course, a lot of these will overlap. 
However, I thought it would be good to kind of break it down just in case people were experiencing something in particular. And of course, I'm not going to be able to cover every single mental health condition here, but just generally. So I'm starting off with depression. So how does physical activity help depression? So going back to the statistic that I said before, you know, that running for 15 minutes a day or walking for an hour can reduce the risk of mild to moderate depression by 26%. I just think that's really important for people to remember or to kind of have at the back of their mind. You know, we know that with depression, physical activity promotes changes in the brain, such as neural growth. It reduces inflammation. It can promote new activity patterns that bring about feelings of, you know, being calm and being uh, well or having well-being. And that's really great to remember that you're never going to feel worse, essentially, after you exercise. You're not going to feel worse. Obviously, it's totally case-by-case basis, depending on what you are going through at the time. But that is something good to remember. It's also good to know that the endorphins released actually energize you and make you feel more kind of euphoric or good. So if you are having a day where you're feeling just really down, you don't want to do anything, that's fine. We all have days like that regardless. But knowing that some kind of physical activity, whether that's just going for a walk, may allow you to feel more energized after. So if you have things to do or, you know, you just can't find that motivation to do other things, taking some time out to do physical activity will help you get the energy to do the things that you need to do otherwise. I hope that makes sense. (laughs) It can also serve as a distraction for people as well. So, you know, your mind is on something else when you are being physically active. It's obviously quite hard a lot of the time. You are really using that. I talked about before it being quite a mental game a lot of the time. That can be a really good distraction from just sitting by yourself and being with your thoughts. It can almost be quite meditative and you can use physical activity such as yoga or Pilates or things like that to help with that process as well. So moving on to stress and anxiety, talked about this a little bit before, but when our muscles feel quite tense, so you know, generally if you're anxious or you're stressed, you hold it in your shoulders and kind of the top half of your body and and your neck and you can have headaches and that kind of stress and that tension around the top of your body can be really hard to, to get rid of, especially if you are, you know, quite highly stressed or highly anxious. So when you are physically active, you actually relieve this tension and the stress in the body. Your muscles are able to release that pent up energy. And I know that that can sometimes sound a little bit woo-woo when we talk about energy and things like that, but energy needs to move around the body. And when our energy is stagnant in our body, that is when we do experience that tension. So physical activity actually boosts our physical and mental energy, like I just touched on, which of course we all need when we're completing our day-to-day tasks, whether that's work or school or study or whatever you're doing. Sometimes we do need that time to not only not think about what we need to do, but also kind of reset our bodies and give us the opportunity to really be able to focus on the next task that we have. And of course, going back to that mindfulness element of exercise as well, that's just great for focus and for calming the mind when you're anxious, when you're stressed as well. So I guess from this, I always think about that Taylor Swift shake it off song. And that's so true. You know, you're shaking it off 
when you feel quite pent up, even if you feel angry or that stress, that anxiety, get up and move and you can do anything. Walk, run, swim, dance, just get up and move the energy around your body. Get your heart racing even just a little bit and you, I promise you will feel so much better afterwards. And that's just not me saying it. That's not me just giving my opinion. That's science. All right, so the next one we're going to talk about is ADHD. So physical activity boosts dopamine and serotonin, which affect our focus and our attention. So physical activity is actually a really easy and effective way to reduce the symptoms of ADHD and improve concentration, motivation, memory, and mood. It's also been shown to work in similar ways to common medications such as Adderall, which are used to treat ADHD. So that's really interesting, again, is that there's these medications that we use and physical activity has the same effect on our brain in some circumstances. Now, the last one I'm going to cover today is PTSD and trauma. So physical activity can help the nervous system become unstuck and begin to move out of the kind of immobilization that can be caused by stress responses of PTSD and trauma. Now, it's actually been shown that the best physical activity for this is cross movement exercises. So this means that you use your arms and legs at the same time. This is things such as walking, running, swimming, or dancing. So if you are someone that suffers from PTSD or trauma in any way, you might find that some of these exercises may be beneficial to you. Now, I just want to point out here as well that with all of these kinds of mental health conditions that we've just touched on, doing the exercise with others or outside is also really beneficial for the mind in so many ways. For example, nature allows us to feel grounded. It can also increase our gratitude. Fresh air is also really great for the body and the lungs. And of course, like I talked about earlier, the social support that comes from doing exercise or doing physical activity with other people, that does increase our likelihood to stick with our exercise routine. I also just wanna reiterate the fact that something is better than nothing. So as long as you can get up, I know, you know, being motivated for this sort of thing can sometimes be so hard. So getting up and, you know, doing a couple stretches, going for a 10 minute walk, doing 10 star jumps, whatever it is that you decide to do, doing something is better than doing nothing. And you don't have to be exerting yourself so much or doing full vigorous physical activity every time you decide to do it. Go easy on yourself, do some stretches, just get your body moving in one way or another. And this brings me to the next point, which is how much physical activity should I be doing? Now, of course, I base this around the Australian guidelines that we have here. So for people aged 5 to 17 years old, so children generally, they should be doing at least one hour of moderate to vigorous activity every day with vigorous for at least three days of the week and some sort of strength training at least three days of the week as well. Now, of course, we should be minimizing our sedentary time if you are between these ages and limiting sedentary screen time to two hours per day, which of course is going to be so different or so hard to do when we were in the pandemic. 
if school was online, it was a lot harder to limit that screen time. But if now, you know, we're kind of back getting into the normal swing of things, that's really important to remember, you know, don't sit on your phone for more than two hours a day. Don't sit on your PlayStation for more than two hours a day. Make sure you are limiting that time. Next, if you're between the ages of 18 to 64 years, you should be active on most or all days of the week with some sort of moderate to vigorous physical activity. There should also be at least two days of uh, strength work or, you know, resistance training, and you should minimize or break up long periods of sitting. So like I talked about, go do a lap of the office if you need to. Now, if you're 65 plus years, you should be doing at least 30 minutes on most days or every day. And there should be a range of fitness. So this should, you know, be fitness, strength, balance, flexibility, whatever you can fit in. But you should really be uh, trying to do a few different things if you are in that elderly age group. And of course, last but not least, if you are pregnant, you should also be active on most days and use, you know, those pelvic floor exercises, do that strength training those squats and things like that at least two days per week but of course remembering that all of these things are a guideline so it's very individual you need to talk to a doctor especially if you are pregnant however I know the general rule is that if you were active before your pregnancy you can be active during your pregnancy pretty safely so it all kind of depends on your lifestyle previous to being pregnant that kind of determines what you can and can't do during pregnancy but once again, different for everyone. Please go see a doctor if you are pregnant or if, you know, you are in an age group and you you do want to talk to someone about it. Another quick thing here as well, the exercise that you do or the physical activity that you do, you know, you say one hour for people between 18 and 64, that doesn't have to be done all at once. You can do that in 15 minute increments throughout the day. You can do that in 10 minute increments throughout the day. And of course it says, you know, be active on most or all days. If you don't do any physical activity now, starting too hard too fast is not going to maybe be sustainable for you. So I would encourage you to begin to kind of aim for three times a week, then up it for four and then five and just be patient with yourself. You don't have to go from zero to a hundred straight away. And once again, of course, this is going to be different for everyone, depending on their lifestyle, depending on their job and all of those factors that come in between. So if you are one of those people who isn't very physically active and you don't really know how to get started or you are active, but you don't really know how to sustain it, it kind of comes and goes in waves. I understand that it can be totally intimidating and scary for some people, or it is just really hard to muster up the motivation in general. Even I get that and I'm someone that is physically active pretty much every day. So what I would encourage you to do is to try and pick an activity that you enjoy now or that you have enjoyed in the past. So you don't have to join a busy gym. If we've learned anything from Corona, it's that there is so many other options. So you can use free workouts on YouTube. I use something called the Keep It Cleaner app sometimes, but there is also so many different apps or guides or eBooks that you can buy that provide you with a plan for you. And it's just about finding one that will work for you. Once again, I would encourage you to build up gradually as too many people go too hard too fast and you end up 
burning yourself out. So when you actually start small, you'll find that you'll probably feel more motivated to create bigger goals as you go along and therefore you'll be more likely and more motivated to actually complete those goals. So instead of going from never run in their life to I'm going to run, you know, 10 kilometers or I'm going to run a marathon, start with 2Ks. Start with I'm going to do 2Ks three times a week. And that's my aim. And, you know, or make it a weekly thing. I'm going to run 6Ks every week and break it up into whatever you want. But make sure you start a little bit smaller, build yourself up. Another quick tip, which I talk about all the time, I sound like a broken record, but with all of these mental health things is to make a routine. Making a routine and making those goals for yourself is so, so important. So if you are someone that's struggling with physical activity or sustaining physical activity, I think prior to starting, or if you, you know, you're kind of restarting, it's really important to write down what you want out of it. So this could be to reduce stress, to improve your mood, uh, you know, to help you with your mental health. Like that's one of my goals, definitely. Um, And this is just all about finding your intrinsic motivation. And what I mean by intrinsic motivation is that you're doing it for the fun or the challenge rather than the, you know, pleasure or reward or the external pressures, whether that comes from people in your life, whether that's just that societal pressure to look a certain way, it's important to find the motivation within you. Something that can help you with this or something that we teach and use in PE. If you did PE in high school, you should remember this. It's using the FIT principle. So that's F-I-T-T. They stand for frequency, intensity, time, and type. So this can help you create an exercise plan. You'll talk about how often you're going to do the exercise with frequency, the intensity, so whether that's moderate, vigorous, light, the time that you're going to do it. So maybe it's going to take you 10 minutes every day, whatever it is, and the type of activity you're doing, whether that's maybe squats or maybe you have a little routine that you do. Whatever it is, that will help you kind of write it down. You can stick it on your wall. You can look at it every day and go, that's what I have to do today. So this is just kind of about keeping track. You know, monitoring your progress is a really great thing to do as well. So with those fit principles, maybe you've got a journal that you write in every day and you say, I did this exercise, use the fit principles, and then you can write down your mood, how you feel, how you're feeling afterwards, especially if you're doing this for the reason of mental health, this can help you track actually how much of an effect this is having on you. And I know that doing this, writing it down, using a journal to write down my moods on particular days, if I then go back after maybe I've stopped my routine for a little while and I see, wow, I was feeling absolutely awesome on this day, this day, this day, and this day, because I did this activity, I was up and about and I was doing that and I went for a run or whatever it is. And that can motivate you to get back into it as well. Of course, using a Fitbit or a, you know, Apple Watch or whatever you've got is really great to help monitor you as well. And once again, if you need further help and you're just thinking, oh, I just don't have the motivation to do it, find a friend to do it with. Join a group or find something that's going to make you get up and do it, whether that's in the morning, in the night, whenever you go and do your exercise, by locking yourself into something or into doing something with someone else, that keeps you accountable. And of course, the end goal is kind of to make sure that 
You are wanting to do this physical activity and you are making it a non-negotiable in your life, especially when you're doing it for the purpose of mental health. So, you know, just like we eat, we go to the bathroom, we shower hopefully every day, making exercise a non-negotiable in your life and in your routine is so important. If as well you ever feel overwhelmed or exhausted by what you're doing, make sure that you just ease up whatever you're doing. You can take it day by day because you can only do your best at the end of the day. And I know, especially with mental health, it is so up and down. You've got no idea sometimes how you're going to feel on any given day. So it's really important to just take it day by day, set yourself those goals, and of course, make sure they're achievable and make sure that they're manageable and make sure that if you don't achieve them, you're not kicking yourself for it. You know, you, you want to help motivate yourself, but you don't want to put yourself down for it because at the end of the day, we're all human. We've all got different levels of motivation. We're all doing different things. I know right now life has just gotten so crazy again for everyone. So make sure you are kind to yourself in the process. I always say to my students, and I know it's super cliche, but all, all I ever want is for my students to do their best and just to participate. So saying to yourself, you know, a person who never made a mistake, never tried anything new. You should never be worried about setting goals or saying that you're going to achieve something and maybe not getting it the first time around. You always have to go back to it. Doing this, it's a lifelong thing. It's a continuous process. So I would really encourage, you know, don't get down on yourself if you aren't kind of sticking to things like you would have liked to, especially once again, if you're doing it for the mental health reasons, because it can be so up and down. Life is crazy. Be nice to yourself. And just to finish off, of course, if you are feeling any kind of pain or anything when you are exercising, that's not muscle pain in particular. Like, you know, your your muscles are going to burn, your legs are going to feel tired, you're going to get that lactic acid build up, but you will know the difference, you know, if you've actually hurt yourself, if you pulled a muscle, uh, go see a doctor, of course. And if you need any further help in regards to this topic, talk to your friends or people close to you. Your local GP can actually help you create a plan. If you are someone coming back from injury or you are a bit older, going to you know an exercise physiologist is really, really great. They can help with injury, with rehab, things like that. And of course, in terms of equipment, if that's what you're after, Kmart is great. They have really easy and affordable products for people. So uh, that's always really good. Otherwise, you know, if you have a can of soup at your house, you can use that as a weight and things like that too. But always, as I say in all of my episodes, if you need proper help with any of these topics, your local GP is the person to talk to and they can refer you on to other people who can help you. That is all from me for the topic of physical activity and mental health. I hope you feel more motivated, maybe a bit more inspired and excited about the mental benefits of physical activity, and you can use this as a motivation to get active. If you enjoyed this episode or think someone could benefit from listening, please share to your friends or on socials. I am at the health classes you missed on Instagram. I hope everyone stays safe. I'll be back in your ears very soon. See you later.